Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. It's the Egg Chasers. Rug- oh, hello, Egg Chasers. Oh, my God. I- right, just letting you in on this. We had a... This is take two. Right, because take JB, JB stopped recording. Yeah, just keep it rolling. We'll do it live. Oh, we'll I've, do stopped, it live. I've, I've stopped recording, though. Oh. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I have. Sorry. No, I haven't. No, you haven't. Just no, keep, it, no, keep it rolling. No, I haven't. <laughs> keep it rolling. Let's go Go again. Hit <laughs> right, right. it again. What, do you want the music again? Yeah, yeah, go, go, right, go. Come right, on. Okay. That never happened. Uh, all right. This doesn't happen on Flats and Shanks, mate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right, ready. Here we go. Three, yeah. two, one. Yes. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And as you can tell already, within the first moments of the podcast, our brains are fried from watching, absorbing, living and loving the rugby all over the weekend. Autumn International Weekend 1 done, and we're going to break it down for you over the next however long. Uh, I'm Tim. JB is right there. Hello, Tim. In a lovely old jersey, Bayon Bombers from from New New Jersey. 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 That's right. I've got my my Bayon top on. I love it. Uh, Phil, hello. Hello. In a Rugby World Cup 2015 France jersey. Yes, in honour of my... He might be my new favourite player. Oh, big statement. I've only seen him play once, but he was magnificent. Go on. Uh, Young scrum half Dupont. Antoine Dupont. Antoine Dupont. uh, Formerly cast, currently Toulouse player, who was electric for France against New Zealand. Yes, he really was. I got very annoyed about this on the weekend because, of course, it was on Premier Sport, which <laughs> nobody subscribes to. No one does. <laughs> and I couldn't watch it. First time I've missed a France-New Zealand game in years. It was on Sky Go, apparently, as well. Was, was it? it? Apparently. Although I, that, I, that, that, I may have that completely wrong, but that's, that's what I picked up from a few tweets. Well, I, I rewatched the whole... Or, I say rewatched. I watched the whole thing on YouTube this morning. No. Oh. So well, it's just the whole game was available on YouTube. Right. Just... Oh. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk, talk about England's uh, win against Argentina, Ireland's demolition of South Africa, Wales's standard 13th straight defeat to, <laughs> to Australia, and Scotland in a high-scoring match against Samoa, and then there's Italy, Fiji, there's France, New Zealand, like we mentioned, and there's all sorts of other stuff been going on. And we have an incredible game that one of our listeners has got in touch <laughs> with. Should we tell them what, like, let's no, say, let's say what no. it's called? No, no, leave it. Save it for later. All right. That's part of the impact, I think. Do not miss it. It is, it's it's going to be special. Uh, 
Can I lead off with something? Yeah, go on, Jay. Very quickly. Well, before we do, I just want to set the rules and the parameters for, for this podcast. Oh, right? God, here we it, go. This was Phil's idea. He thought we should be, like, positive or negative. And f- bear in mind, this is Phil saying this. Like, no sitting on the fence here. Let's try and be Negatron or totally uber Positron. positive. Positron. Positron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I don't know what, if it's positive or negative. But who saw the Rugby League World Cup this weekend? I've seen the highlights of the game of the weekend, which was Tonga, New Zealand. Did you see? I don't care about the highlights of the game. Yeah. It was the highlights of the pre-game. Oh, I mean, I've been on record of as not being a massive hacker fan. <laughs> you could say that. Um, this one was magnificent. It was brilliant. And so if, if, you, if you didn't see it, go and watch the video. Uh, and I think we even tweeted it at Rugby Podcast. You can find us there. And it is just, there was no none of this observing the rules about keeping 20 metres away and standing and doing nothing. It was game. <laughs> it was face-to-face. Like, it, Cockrell it, and what was his face back in the day? It was Richard, awesome. Richard Cockrell and uh, Norm. Oh, no. yeah, no, yeah, you are right. The, the hooker. For, I know exactly Norm. The hooker for New Zealand when they played at Old Trafford. Yeah, you're absolutely... Years ago. Uh, Norm Hewitt? Yes, Norm Macdonald is a newsreader. Norm, he- Norm <laughs> Hewitt and I think and Richard Cockrell face-to-face, but it was like the whole team yeah. were like that. Yeah. So I tried to rekindle my love with the hacker. I mean, that kind of did it. It was brilliant. And I watched a few videos, and one the thing which struck me is how different the hacker is now yeah. from when it was originally. Now, oh, my God. Have I sent you this video clip, Tim? Is it the one that gets trotted out sometimes from the seventies? Yes, I've seen this one where it's like it's like um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like it, a little dance. It's like a little uh, macarena dance. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, I've, I've got it playing here. It literally looks like fifteen awkward dads in a christening disco. <laughs> it's horrendous. Now it's funny. We were talking over the summer in the Lions tour about how it was just there was so many hackers. Yeah, and. Funnily enough, when I was watching New Zealand France, it has I have had too much hacker in my life. Mm. Mm. It didn't have the same impact that it normally does. Uh, it, it did for the Lions test. It didn't for oh. getting off the plane. Yeah. But the amazing thing, <laughs> yeah. like the responses are so ridiculous. I mean, I was watching one with France, and they went into a flying V and then held hands, and then marched up together, and then got battered. I mean, you do think, did you really need to spend time doing the flying V when your line-outs were so bad? <laughs> the uh, the one where they took off their shirts and they were in the trickle-or flag. That, that was cool. I liked that. No, it, it isn't cool. It's just so much thought So much thought has gone into it. And oh, I don't like it. Uh, n- grown men holding hands. Grown Gallic <laughs> giants. No. Well, let's, uh, let, let me ask the, with the first question then. With England, positives. Let's start with, let's be positrons about this. Well, there's only one, there's only one place to start, isn't there? Is there? I'd say Sam Underhill. Absolutely outstanding performance. Second cap. You know, everything that has been put in his way so far, he's overcome with quite some gusto. And yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance. I, w- I would extend that out to the whole of the England back row. I look, Nathan Hughes was very, very he good. He was very good. Took his try well, did a lot of carrying. Because... Uh, the back row is not a great carrying back row. No. Rob Shaw and Underhill. I mean, under, Underhill, do you know how many carries he made? I, I, I know. It was zero yards, wasn't it? Two carries for zero yards. That's, that's, but, but it's Haskell stats, isn't it? It is, it is Haskell stats, but his, 
his defense was superb and his his work rate was superb. It is weird this because it is incredibly Haskell esque. Yeah. In, inc- incredibly so. I mean, when Haskell was at his absolute peak in Australia, this is basically what he did, and maybe this is exactly what Eddie wants. Yeah, I think I think it is. I, I think you're right because he stood. Nathan Hughes found himself was stood in the 15 meter channel quite a lot, clearly yeah. deliberately. So mm. Sam Underhill was right in and amongst it, in between the 15s, doing all his do, doing all his work, mainly destructive defence. And it was it was real. I thought it was it seemed quite magnanimous in a way of Haskell to be. Uh, doing the analysis yeah. of the man who's taken his spot. Yeah. I, and he seemed to do it with a lot of good grace, I thought. Oh, yeah. definitely. And I imagine, well, hmm. Yeah, it's, it is a tricky one, but I, I guess you've got to be that way because eventually you are going to get old and eventually yeah. someone is going to be young and like you and you know, take over. Yeah. The worry for me is Sam Underhill's shape. He's extremely muscular, but he's actually quite a small frame. He's not that big. No. And I, I, I'm with you on this. So the force that he tackles with, I mean, some of the hits he put in were, were brilliant. They were perfectly executed, technique perfect, but he's not an enormous bloke and he's already had quite a few injuries. Yeah. I wonder how much longer he can continue to put in 20-plus tackles of that ferocity Courtney in Laws, a game. Courtney uh, Laws, Co- it was a few years ago, he said, I've changed my game a little bit. He did. Not flying in, in the same way that he did. Yeah, I'm sure Wilkinson went through the same process. It, they tried to do some... Weird tackling technique where he kind of swings himself around the player. I can't actually describe it, but that's how it's described to me. Yeah, there's a few. Jerry Collins as well. Is that right? Uh, he changed his technique. Uh, I also remember reading an interview where he changed <laughs> yes. his technique. He had to. Sl- he actively slimmed down his biceps We've all because done they, it, were, they were affecting <laughs> his tackling technique. <laughs> Too many kills for the girls. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to say. Yes. Uh, I, I think there's a really interesting perception thing going on now. And it kind of links back to Sam Underhill's size. He made three carries or whatever it was for zero yards or three yeah, yards. Two, or... two carries for zero yards on the stats that I've got in front of me. See, I wonder if this is a case of people sort of don't think they can do it at that size and therefore concentrate on other things. And the reason that's important is because Sam Simmons is a very similar build to Sam Underhill. And I wonder if we're going to start getting a new breed of rugby player who is slightly smaller in the back row, but slightly more explosive ba- based on him. Possibly. Mm. I, th- I think you've got to have... <laughs> That's all well and good for certain positions, but we we spoke a few weeks ago about um, the All Blacks, particularly in their tight five, actually looking at size and weight. And, yeah, and if, if you are not a certain size and weight, you are not going to play second row. You're not going to play uh, front row. I actually believe that's a bit short-sighted. Uh, I'm not sure it is for those positions. I think it is short-sighted elsewhere. But your back row carrier... Someone like Nathan Hughes or Billy Vanapola, who are 120, 130 kilograms. Someone like Sam Simmons can't, he simply can't carry the same in heavy traffic as those guys. It's tough, isn't it? Because in the Premiership, which is where he'll be playing, he actually will be expected to perform not the, a similar role to Hughes, but he'll be asked to do the majority of carrying. Yeah. And, you know, is that possible for a guy that size? It will be interesting when Waldrum gets. <clears throat> properly back fit for Exeter. Yeah, what they do. Will they play both of them, but with Simmons as a seven? Mm. And then he can p- potentially do it all in, in the same way that someone like Hooper is not big, but he's yes. very athletic. That's probably a pretty good comparison, actually. Yeah. Maybe not as barrel-chested, but not not probably not far Ho- off in size. Hooper's, yeah, and Hooper is quick as well. It, it was good to see him make his debut, but there's, bit, yeah. there's bigger things to talk about there than is. Sam Simmons. So, You're uh, quite right. 
in 60 minutes or whatever it was. Mac ben Curry, Mac Tom Mac Curry. Mako Vinopola <laughs> making 20 tackles, but also being a destructive ball carrier. Yeah. Talk about work rate. And, and this is what this is. This this would be like that's a massive positive. It's not a negative, but it was one observation. Is the way that uh, and we do this in the media, and I'm I'm part of the media, so I'm I'm culpable as well. But the elites go, going overboard on the shiny new toy. Oh, Napola was doing this constantly. He was making. Bar- yeah. rampaging runs massive tackles in defence and it was just like oh well Mako Vanapolo with a tackle Sam Underhill does a tackle no don't get me wrong it was brilliant and it was oh incredible even when he just like cleaned out a ruck it was like it was a brilliant run by Mako cleaned out by Sam Underhill fantastic clean out by Sam Underhill there I, I do get your frustration actually yeah. Yeah, it, it happened annoying. with Burgess didn't it when he played well, his first premiership no, game no no it didn't because <laughs> if it did happen and Burgess made 24 tackles <laughs> you know, that would, really would be something to talk about <laughs> um, I would just but, say but I'm not I'm not I'm not being negative on Underhill, he was brilliant. Yeah, I, I would just say, actually, I think it is more remarkable just because it's the second cap. I mean, there isn't much of a story, is there? Mako still world class. We know, yeah. you know, he is a world class right. top. All right, then. Well, let's jump to another relative newbie. I know he's been playing for a while now, but he got the he got the twelfth shirt. And again, from the from the way that the commentary was done, I don't think he was called on just what a poor game Henry Slade had. And I think we should be honest about that. It was uh, unfortunately, and we don't want it to be the case. That was a big negative. I, I'm with you. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, y- unimit. Oh, I can't say it now. Unimit. Anyway. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yes. Th- thank you. It's a real shame. Yeah, I think Henry Slade was set up to fail because if he has a good game, it doesn't matter because Owen Farrell's coming back in, and if he doesn't do well, well, he's in the situation that he is now, and his next England appearance is going to have to be for injury. I think that's the only way he's going to get a real sustained crack at this. So I was thinking, I, I re-watched the game today, uh, and I was thinking about this. I hope it's not. So Agreed. That wasn't a good performance. Um, not by Henry Slade's standards, not by anyone's standards, in fact. Uh, the miss pass into touch when Nathan Hughes had a 20... 20- Freeze-esque. Uh, it was <laughs> the first thing that went through my mind, and yeah. I hate to say that because I love Slade. you know love, what? It was probably the, love first, Slade. It's probably the first thing that went through Slade's mind as soon as, it, as, soon as no, the ball left his hands. I've done a Billy Twelve. No! <laughs> the Slade train is <laughs> but, stuck in the station. It's been yeah, delayed. But I really hope... so. We know how good Farrell is. I think we'll see a marked improvement in England when Farrell comes back into that yeah, position. Yeah, he's not being rested next week, is he? Um, I hope. I actually hope they go back to trying someone new for the Samoa game for the third autumn international. I'd probably want it to be Slade, but maybe push Slade to thirteen and put um, Lazowski, who came on the, off the bench and did very well, yeah, in did. at twelve. Lazowski's going to have to have another crack, isn't he? It's only fair. Yeah, he he loves the physical stuff as well, doesn't he? Him and Farrell are just like clones of each other. They I, love to put the shoulder in. I guess they're just competing with each other. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you know who Slade reminded me of this weekend? <laughs> right, so I'll give you a clue: a guy playing out of position at twelve and not having a particularly good appearance. Sam Burgess? No, no, no. Uh, Far more pertinent to what Slade does, and also his England career never really going where it should have gone. Hmm. Anyone? Does anyone know the ten that started at twelve? Wilkinson started this at weekend. 12? No, 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 no. Back in the day, uh, Ollie Barkley started at twelve. Shane Geraghty? No, no. Isn't uh, Shane? 
I'll tell you the one, the bright young thing in English rugby that was moved to 12 for his first game was... Toby Flood. Charlie Hodgson. Charlie Hodgson. Against France. Charlie Hodgson played 12? Yeah, and I can't remember if it was his first cap or his second cap, but it was fairly early on in his career. They put him at 12, and it didn't go so well. And I kind of feel that that hampered his England career then for the rest of his... but this is different, because everyone's been saying... We think we think Slade's probably more a twelve than a ten or a thirteen. Mm, I thought that's what a lot of people have been saying. Well, a I... lot of people have, yeah, and me included. Mm. But I've only I'm only basing that on really seeing him at thirteen and him playing well at thirteen. Yeah, so I don't. So that's dis- probably unfair. And yeah, I, I'm what I'm I don't one of those who said it. Saying, yeah. But I guess my point is, he'll be remembered for his positional play at twelve. Hence, it will affect him being a 13 or a 10 in the future. Yeah, hopefully this won't have any lasting memory because it will be in the distant past and he'll, he'll have another performance. But who would yeah. have thought, when we when we talked a couple of weeks ago and you said, who do you think is going to be the uh, the the Tamana Harrison of this year's squad? <laughs> yeah. We didn't we didn't think it could potentially be Henry Slade. Tell you what, if someone, gave me, if someone gave me Owen Farrell's jersey to look after for one, just for one game, I'd give it to Pierce Francis. <laughs> I wouldn't want it. Yeah, it's a poison chalice, that isn't yeah. it? Uh, thanks, coach. <laughs> just uh, one thing, Makovunapola. Just jumping back to him briefly. Uh, he has. He, he's still relatively young. His cauliflower ears are incredible right now. He's he's got the cauliflower ears of a like forty-five-year-old retired veteran international with 120 caps to his name. <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot of scrimmaging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has done a lot Safe of scrimmaging. Um, just on the overall, so we we spoke about the players. The overall performance from England was really not good, and I I say this for for a couple of reasons. So, particularly in that second half, they couldn't string phases together. They couldn't get territory. They were stuck in their own half. And Argentina did very well to contain them. Their set piece, both scrum and lineout, was very good, but. The the other side of that is England seemed a bit devoid of ideas, mm. a, a bit devoid of exactly how to exit properly, how to get out and get playing on that front football. Um, and also, Argentina, if they'd have had now, they've oh got God, yeah. they've got a world class kicker. They've got two world class kickers. If they'd played like world class kickers, they would have won. Mm. They left 14 points and 14 kickable points out on the pitch. Madness out of test rugby. They had 17% conversion rate across three kickers. <gasps> I, uh, I, I That's criminal. It is. So, territorially, what you said is absolutely spot on. And again, not wanting to just blow smoke up New Zealand's backside because Argentina stuck with New Zealand for 60 minutes quite recently. But They did. Uh, that Argentina team that played on Saturday would have been ripped to shreds by New Zealand. Styles, though, mate. You know. Oh, I agree. St- I agree. Styles make fights. I agree. I yeah. agree. Agree with that. But, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. England too. always start the autumn slowly. This weekend against Australia, I think it'll be very different. Well, well I've, the, got, I've got bad news for you, mate. The, neg- the negative, just on, on Phil's thing about the negative becoming a positive, the, the bad performance meant we got to see Eddie Jones completely lose it <laughs> on a close-up camera, which is one of my favourite moments of the season. I'm glad Smashing that- his yeah. notepad and... Uh, pencil down and then I think he just said how stupid are we <laughs> something something like that yeah so that, I... that was when uh, it was England early on in the second half yeah. they get within five metres yeah. they lose the ball they get a line out 
and then they lose it again and yeah. Argentina hack it downfield. So I have uh, got a bit of a prediction now and oh. I'm going to be widely mocked for this. But I think this might be the beginning of a very difficult time for England. So I don't think they're going to win next week. And not only do I think they're not going to win, I think Eddie Jones gets too riled up about it. And the one criticism about Eddie Jones across most of the places that he's been is how intense he is. And the first people that feel this, well, by looking at his past at least, have always been his backroom staff. Now, I'm not sure you, you, you're aware of this, but the England backroom staff have been changed substantially since Eddie Jones, J- Jones has come in. He works everyone very hard. And I wonder if they have a dip in form, whether that intensity which he's already shown to the backroom staff will then translate to the playing staff. Well, I th- I disagree about a hard time coming up because like, you look at the fixtures and... England have a relatively, relatively speaking, um, an easy time of it this autumn, and then they've got Ireland and Wales at home in Six Nations. So, I don't. I expect them to go unbeaten until they play New Zealand. Well, let's see if they beat Australia. I'll agree with you, but I think they're going to lose to Australia, and I think this is going to be the start of a pretty turgid time. Then, interesting. So, we will go on to our proper predictions probably in a midweek pod. Yes. So, um, just uh, goods, bads, Hartley, I thought was really good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and I read um, an article, I think it was in the Times, um, saying Hartley is holding, like Eddie Jones is, uh, his um, willingness to stick with Hartley is going to be a limiting factor for England. I actually, I think it could have been a while ago. I actually think Hartley's playing the best rugby he's played for a few years. Yeah, I think think Jamie George, Jamie George is brilliant, and he should be playing more. But England don't have that that captain. You do think? How do the boys win their shirts? And it's from the week in week out club form. Hartley has been playing well, but when he's come up against Jamie George, quite frankly, he's been well. He's had it handed to him. Yeah, you're right. Come on, but but you but you switch Jamie George and Dylan Hartley round in those teams. It doesn't change the result. Yeah, you. No, that, it doesn't. That, but who's got the true. more impressive body of work? Who was on, who was on the Lions tour, so on and so forth? This is oh, oh, well, you know. There we go. All we, all we can say is what we've seen in, in an English shirt the, on the most recent example, where some players were quiet and England couldn't seem to be able to do some very basic things. Dylan Hartley, I thought was 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 really really good. Well, um, just one bad though. Let the boys play. That that bloody I'm. Um, I mean, the coaching point for whacking Tuchelet and or anyone else going up for a high catch is don't even bother. Even when, no. even when, even when you do have a realistic chance to compete and you can actually get your hand on the ball, still don't bother because you're going to get yellow carded. Yeah, this you... this is inter- I find this very interesting, and I, I can see why you're frustrated because it's this is a different interpretation of the law. So we we've seen previously it's the the law says you have got to be in a position to compete for the ball. Now, previously that has been, if a man's on the ground, his feet are on the ground, he's not in a comp- position to compete. If he's in the air, he's in a position to compete for the ball. Mm. Here, Tuckle actually got into the air. The difference is, relatively, because Mike Brown got further into the air, Tuckle, this this is the ref's interpretation. Yeah. Mike Brown was relatively higher, so Tuckle, even though he's off the ground, wasn't in a position to compete. Now, so... That irrespective of the fact, Tuchel at one point had his hand on the ball. Yeah, Amazing. so so that's it's inconsistent. I'm I'm with you on this one, Tim. I I think that should have been, um, it should have been maybe a penalty, but play probably on. not. Just play on. 
the unfortunate it's an unfortunate rugby incident and I feel terrible for Mike Brown but that could have happened in a perfectly legal tackle uh, at any time on in the game um what I do find even more confusing so it's in, inconsistent application of the law what I find more confusing is if you say it is a foul and Mike Brown lands on his head neck area mm-hmm. because he that's exactly where he landed yeah. then it's a red card not a yellow card Gone, so it's yeah. like it's like a double inconsistent application of the law, which it was that, his first international game. That referee, I thought he he will get better, um, and you can tell Nigel Owens was almost coaching him through the match. He talking to him a lot. <laughs> he did, yeah. But Nigel Owens does that with um, make a yeah. gag, make a gag, throw a one liner. <laughs> <laughs> he does that with Wayne Barr. He does it with all of yeah. the referees. He just likes to get his. Uh, his face on camera. His gags in. His gags in. Yeah. So before we depart, um, before we depart England Argentina, which we can touch on it again, but anything else to throw into the pot, other than the we couldn't pass and they couldn't kick. No, <laughs> not really. No, I think I think we're we're mostly done there. Yeah. Um, well, on the strength of what we said last week, or in our midweek podcast, when we were we were saying what England need to do is win all the games. Yes but actually start to show a level of dominance. Yes. And they and on that criteria they it, it they didn't pass that. No. Nope. That would be a minor fault. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Jones will be as be you living. saw, he will be furious with that performance. Yeah. Um Oh, don't forget coming up we've got an amazing game. <laughs> amazing game I'm not going to tell you about yet uh, but let me briefly mention Cornerstone one of the people that helped make this podcast possible and the only reason I mention it is because we have an amazing offer for you uh, because Cornerstone really like us simple so we're passing on a fantastic offer for you for the mail order razor company Cornerstone in fact they had a TV advert during the England game that's how good they are they've gone big time now Although yeah. when we started with them a few years ago we were there like their first people that they worked with and we brought them to the world of rugby and now they're on doing TV adverts but we got a very special offer for you. So Cornerstone, mail order razor company, the best. There's loads of companies that are trying to copy them now. Not as good, no. um, in our opinion. And you will agree if you try it out for just four quid for your aluminium, weighty, heavy, metal, free shaft that you can get engraved with your initials, your six razors in a presentation box delivered to you, four quid, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or egg10 at checkouts. Where do you want to go next, Tim? What do you want to do? I want to do Ireland. You don't want to do um, don't want to do the LV Cup. Sorry, the Anglo Welsh yet? No, no, not yet. No, not yet. No. Not yet. Let's let's talk about Ireland because there's this was oh a, a hell well, of a I mean, it was the most important game of the weekend for one reason. <laughs> the JB Cup has been retained by Ireland. Congratulations, boys. It takes a lot of hard work and grit to that, retain this it, cup. Do you know what? It's peak JB to name the competition <laughs> after yourself. I, I, I suggested the name. as a happy coincidence that a listener actually built the account. But yeah, five on, five on the bounce for Ireland. They uh, have the longest winning streak of any Tier 1 nation. Don't know who's second, but it doesn't matter because Ireland retained the JB Cup. So... For you guys in green, well done. Pour yourself a Guinness. Well, no, they're not in green though. That was part of the problem. <laughs> it would have been, it would have been a better spectacle to watch, even had they been wearing their emerald green. That would have been more of a contrast with the South African dark green, yeah. bottle green, 
than actually what happened, which was the muddy grey, black and green <sighs> kit. What were Ireland thinking? Well, do you know what? The actual green is sorry, grey isn't too bad. I don't think it's a bad colour for oh, Ireland to wear. I didn't like the kit overall. I thought it was a horrible kit. I don't mind the kit. I quite like it, actually. But I, it feels like a training kit. Yes. It doesn't feel like... Well, a... it does kind of look like Ireland are playing in a dystopian future, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the radioactive green on the drab... Uh, you know, olive. <laughs> the uh, the multi the multi and infrequent sort of um, randomly positioned yeah, stripes on the socks. They look like kind of sort of you could be wearing them under your suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> the sort of yeah. corporate socks. modelled on the sound of a Geiger counter. <laughs> um, uh, yes, uh, I don't like that bit, but I do like the colour palette that they've used. It's quite nice. It's just occasionally they do this, don't they? Where the sponsors need or the kit maker needs to get the second kit out no matter what happens and it's always in the autumn and we've had some horrific ones in the past we've had England England in purple yeah. we've had oh we just had some ter- I, terrible I, ones I didn't like England. England's kit either so I've got to say we love Canterbury and uh, but I, I didn't rate what they did at the weekend agreed yeah no, neither of these away well no the Ireland kit has a basis of a nice kit but it's not a nice kit. It's too busy. Well, hang on. Here's a question for you. What should these teams be playing in? What should England be playing in if it's not white? It should red. be red. Red. Yeah? Red. Sure. yeah. Done. And Ireland? White. 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 There you go then. Well, why mess around with this? It's fine then. Yeah. It is the need to have a new jersey retort. Colour colour palettes aside, and yeah, I agree with that. It's that's why. Colour palettes aside, I don't like all the all the faded colours oh, on no. England shorts and I just I wasn't wasn't a fan of all so that. So I'm trying to think of a team that does this well. There is a faded top somewhere which I quite like. I quite, I think did Argentina have one which is quite nice. Probably is the answer. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think they may have. I'm sure, there's of, a they changed jersey. But I, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of the fade on a training jersey. Fine. Mm-hmm. A playing jersey. Correct. Not so much. Yeah, it's such an important bit of kit, isn't it? It's such yeah. an honor the tradition. You should be yeah. able to. You yeah. Should, you, it's almost like you should be able to watch a, a film from a hundred years ago and the kits. Yeah. Whilst it will look different, and the players and the shape and size and everything will look different, there should there should be a level of continuity. Yeah. The, yes. Because there is a certain level of element. Like so many people have worked so hard to wear that kit, and you've got one cap, and you end up in grey and green <laughs> Geiger counters. It's. Oh. If that's the one cap you get, and that was the jersey you wore, like just say, it's not say, on really. Is it? I'm going to touch wood when I say this. Imagine Jacob Stockdale's form dips horrifically, or he has a string of injuries and never plays for Ireland again. If that's the one jersey he's got hanging up in his, oh, yeah, in his hallway. Oh, I, I just don't think they should change it drastically. Obviously, if there's a kit clash, do it. But there again, don't change it to make the kit clash. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the weird part. <laughs> but. Less, two more positives for Ireland we could possibly mention. That was not just a, a, a that was a performance of such dominance. Yeah. Uh, that t- to contrast with what we were talking about, that England needed to do. Ireland just brought it. Ireland are scarily good, I think. Yes, they, they've got a real nice balance of experience and young talent coming through. Yeah. And, and it's we, the we said... system, isn't it? It's just how they produce so many players. And maybe for the first time in Ireland's history, they have got so much strength in so many areas. I mean, yeah. you could get two Ireland teams out and they'd look very good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It was, so we, we spoke last week about, particularly in the back three, hoping that um, Schmidt would go for 
the young, talented players again compared to some of the more experienced players. And he did. He had a, a nice balance with Rob Carney at fullback, and then Conway and Stockdale on the as the two wingers. I love Conway. I think they, he's brilliant. They were exceptional. I know everyone wants to talk about Stockdale, but I really like Conway. Oh, they were both brilliant. They were, they were both outstanding. And the final try. By the it way, if you've been listening up. to the podcast, you'd have been hearing about Jacob Stockdale for a couple of years now. <laughs> you Even were... before we broke through into the Ulster team, I've been there telling you about him. Ireland under-20s in the, yeah. the Rugby World Cup two years ago. Yeah, he's some player, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. Now, do you know everyone does that annoying thing and talks about ring rungs as the second coming of Brian O'Driscoll? Yeah. Is this going to be the new thing that Stockdale is the second coming of Tommy Bell? <laughs> Tommy Bell is not dead. Yeah. Tommy Bell is still very much alive and kicking. Yep, still, Stock, still Stockdale is a uh, Stockdale is reminiscent of Tommy Bowney's prime. It's that tall, like broad-shouldered, mm. but still athletic, almost like a, a swimmer's physique. Yeah, long gait, good step, powerful player. God, I love I love Tommy Bowney's prime. Oh, he's some player. Do you think he rates like this? Is a tangent now? Top five home nations wingers. He's in the conversation, definitely. Ever? Yeah, is that too too high? Um. Oh. Uh. Yeah. Absolutely. That's too high. Never ever been. No, sorry. He was never not selected for the Lions when he was available. He started to think six tests. Shane Williams is above him. I don't. I, I think he's. I think he's in the conversation. I'm not saying. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, yeah. we do it. Yeah. I'm saying he should be in the conversation. Ever, yeah. Are you talking like in the model modern professional era? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think so because that's all that really matters. Yeah, well, <laughs> ultimately, I'd, I'd say oh, it depends where you put Jason Robinson. Jason Robinson is probably yeah. Jason Robinson's in that in him. the conversation. Shane but Williams in the conversation. Jason Robinson probably has to be the best. Yeah, Shane Williams has got to be talked about, and then where does it go? Because I think it might actually go to Tommy Bell. I can't have can't be having that. That can't be, can it? Why he's an oh, amazing Tommy player. Bell? Oh yeah, oh, brilliant. We love him and devilishly handsome he's, man. Yeah, in two thousand nine, he started three tests, one of which was outside yeah. centre. Yeah. And then in 2013... Sure, he had another three tests. Yeah, in 2013. Do you not remember um, his hand injury at the start of the tour? And they had him wearing uh, is it a GA area or hurling hurling glove Mm. to get him back fit. We're talking about Tommy Boat. Yes. We just smashed South Africa. That's the beauty of a podcast, I just want to talk about positives. Two of my favourite moments I'm going to play you now. There was one particular moment where uh, Hendo used Ebenet Sabeth as just a speed hump. Yeah, speed bump just slowed him down for a moment, but he just walked over him, and then immediately afterwards, Francois Lowe absolutely creamed Sean O'Brien. He did, didn't he? It's such a good moment. So you get a here goes Hendo, Hendo running over the top of Etzebeth. Yeah, eat that, (laughs) and then boom is wait for the boom, boom. That's a good hit. Not sure Francois Lowe is a long-term answer for eight, though. No. No, he's not. It's interesting because they've not taken Nazim Carr, have they? No, he's gone to Wasps. He has gone to Wasps for three months. Mm. Um, CJ Ostander looked uh, looked back to his best. Tell you what, how much must those South Africans be regretting uh, not letting him play at eight now? How much must they be regretting the farce that are residency rules? No, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. This kind of went exactly how I thought it'd go based on form. Maybe not quite to the extent that Ireland racked up an absolute hammering. Uh, Was it a record win? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
it was, I mean, 38-3. That is one-sided. No, I think there is a slight mitigating circumstance across the board. What? Which, in, which actually... South Africa aren't any good. Well, <laughs> there, there, there is that. Why um, aren't they good, though, Tim? Why? But the <laughs> the penalty count, the number of penalties conceded by Southern Hemisphere sides was abnormally high. Mm. And Are you suggesting some kind of conspiracy theory? Uh, no what? conspiracy, just this was the first game that they've played under the new laws. Ah, okay. And uh, some of the referees, this was their first game refereeing the new laws. Okay. Or the new directives, or I don't know what how you refer to them now, but... Um, so, what, guess it right. Australia conceded 15 penalties. Okay. Uh, wow, that is Wales. a lot. Uh, Wales only conceded four penalties. Wow. And they still lost. And they still lost. Well, it's yeah. not a big deal, though, this um, this loss. So, South Africa's was... was uh, Ireland conceded eight. Um, South Africa, 13. France conceded nine. New Zealand conceded 14. England conceded nine. Argentina conceded 17. So it was by a f- it was one to two the 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 home nations versus their opponents was two to one, thirty penalties versus fifty nine penalties. That's remarkable. That is. Which I think is significant. Uh, yeah, that is definitely um, significant. So that's why I'm saying let's not go overboard on si- I- not go okay. overboard on Ireland. So is it, but it was an amazing or is it not? Because I'd say thirty eight points to three not significant. Yeah. That is definitely significant. I was just trying yeah. to mitigate. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. trying to come up with a reason Whereas, why why we don't get too carried yeah. away. Australia beating Wales again, not significant. I don't think it would, it would have changed the result. Is what I'm trying to say, because Australia would have won by more, and I don't think Ireland are going to get beaten. Yeah, as in, so I think the the trend is significant. I don't think it would have changed the result at Agreed. all. Agreed. Uh, do you want to talk about Wales? Uh, well, just on on, on Ireland, for, uh, um, South Africa for a for a. <clears throat> Excuse me for a moment. Um, any, any, any more you want to chuck in? Just, I bad. don't understand why such a proud rugby nation is so bad, and it's a disgrace. I mean, they should be so much better, and I thought they were getting there. And it just shows. I think more than anything, it shows how much political instability affects a team. I mean, when the first port of call is to satisfy the political needs of the union rather than the actual sporting needs, it's never going to go well. And they're kind of just reaping what, uh, uh, reaping what they sow. So there is also the um, incredibly so on the political issue, the incredibly weak rand at the moment, which means more and more players are playing outside of South Africa, mm. which means that they're well, they are still available, but they're not really uh, available when they need to be. Yeah, I mean they've got lads like John O'Ross. Okay, now that guy would be a Springbok. Any 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 other time, but he probably is exactly the sort of player that, you, that you're thinking of, outside of the South African system, purely for the money. Really, hundred percent, mate. You think hundred percent? He, you're saying he'd definitely be a Springbok. Yeah, I think he'd, I think he'd be capped. Oh, I capped. Think. All right, but we're talking about like. Well, I mean, you don't know, do, do you? But he, well, he's. I've, I mean, I've seen, imagine, I've seen seven games in the Premiership. I mean, imagine if you've got seven guys the caliber of John O'Ross over in Europe, which is probably the case in various positions. If they're all in South Africa, one of them will be a regular Springbok. I'm not saying John John O'Ross is is a Springbok. Yeah, well, but they're out there. Well, yeah. So that there are there are there are solid pros 
playing in clubs well, CJ that might become fringe players. No, we should be absolute, absolute na- uh, nail, uh, nailed on starters. But John O'Ross would be a nailed on starter for the Springboks. Listen to what I'm saying. Well, right. that's, that's what I'm, I am. T- uh, Phil, explain what I just said. So what you are trying to say is that there are players like John O'Ross. Okay. There are dozens, in fact, of players like John O'Ross who are playing in Europe who are not playing for the Springboks because of where they are playing. Correct. A better, a much, if he was a, fit. A much better example would be Francois Stein. Yeah. Who is tearing up trees at Montpellier. Yes. Uh, inside centre. Yes. And is exactly the kind of inside centre that um, South Africa could have done with yesterday because he can kick and he can distribute, whereas Diolande is more of a blunt instrument. Agreed. Mm. With yeah. You. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the other amazing moment. I'm going to play it to you now, and just so you can see it, it was um, Kean Healy. You see him when he just treated one of the Springbok players like a rag doll. So the South African player runs in. Uh, hold on. Oh, it's crashed. <laughs> Never mind. So the, the, there's a bit, bit of a scuffle. South African back runs in as if to sort of pick up the ball for a penalty, and Keaton runs to, runs at Keen Healy. Keen Healy just puts his arm out, and the guy just. Can I, make, can I make a point? Okay, this is something which me and Phil noticed yesterday watching the game about the atmospheres and stadiums. Have you noticed that Twickenham feels empty and quiet because you can't see the crowd? You literally can't see the crowd. When it's dark? Yeah. So yeah. In, in Twickenham, they turn down the lights. So it's like you're playing in front of just emptiness. There might be sound, but it's emptiness. That's M- interesting. Millennium Stadium and the Aviva, you can see everyone going wild. So the whole place is illuminated. Yeah, it's like all oh, a sea of red or a sea of green. A Twickenham is completely black. Mm. Have a look next uh, next time. It's almost eerie. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Wales? All oh, right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's because crikey, we could we could spend a while talking about uh, that game. So let's at this point take a brief break play a quick game that a listener has uh, come together. Some game. We're going to be back and saying exactly what we think about Wales because I think what's interesting about this is, and we won't get into it now, so hold, hold, but what's interesting about the Wales thing is there's quite a lot of positivity and there's quite a lot of really doomsday stuff and pretty much nothing in between with Wales. Uh, So... um, Yes. Yeah. Yes, we'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. So I think it will be interesting one to to break down. I'm, I want to know where your heads are at with that. So we'll get into that. But uh, from from the podcast that brought you Springbok versus Nazi war criminal, <laughs> from the podcast that brought you US Eagle or band, was or it hipster, American hipster band, uh, or or hipster band, or there was or there was US Eagle, or there was US Eagle or female porn star there was there was and then oh no no how there was adult there's male adult entertainer or you know it was female it was, it was that's female. what made it good no, no i did adults all oh, right and there was also uh fijian player or virus or, or medical virus yeah. <laughs> yeah so from the podcast that brought you all of those one of our listeners brings you uh so this is rob andrew quote or Alan Partridge quote. Three, two, one. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> this is great banter. <laughs> so, Adam Tebut. Adam Tebut. Um, Jay, Jay, can you get this on your phone so we can... Because <laughs> my computer's not loud enough. Uh, I or, probably can. Not get it on the computer, Jay. 
or uh, at least a, an oh ar- yeah, yeah I, can, I, can, I can do or at least an aha or something to punctuate the questions Patrick's oh yeah aha. get an aha okay you you talk I'll okay I'll... so Alan, Adam Tabut uh, has been in contact on Facebook so is that a joke name no T double B U T T T E double B U T T Tabut yeah Adam Tabut uh, so he's recently been reading two books. One is Rob Andrew Rugby, The Game of My Life. <laughs> and the other is Alan Partridge's memoirs from 2016 entitled Nomad. Uh, and he's extracted... <laughs> this is such good effort. Right. <laughs> right. So he's extracted some quotes from the two of them and... All you have to do is tell me if it's a Rob Andrew quote or an Alan Partridge quote. Easy. This, is it? This should be very easy. Okay. First one. The added ingredient was Mr. X, who who was sometimes... Who, so, Mr. X is a blanked out. Yeah. So, the added ingredient was Mr. X, who was sometimes a firecracker... In the middle of a bonfire, he was no stranger to anger, but frequently managed to turn himself into a bucket of cold water. Wow. I really don't know. I'm going to go with That sounds so partridge, which is the whole point of this game, but I'll go Rob Andrew. That's right. That is the genius of this game. Um, <sighs> so Tim's going Rob Andrew, JB. Uh, 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 well, Partridge then. Okay. That was... That was indeed Rob Andrew oh, wow. describing uh, Newcastle coach and Wilkinson's uh, kicking coach slash life mentor, Who? Steve, Steve Black. Black. Okay, so Tim, 1-0 up. Aha! It's on the soundboard <laughs> forever. <laughs> Question number two. Within minutes of striding into any office, I was and am able to identify failing processes, dream up an attitude matrix, and generally map out a road to collective betterment. Undoubtedly Partridge. Undoubtedly. I'll go Rob Andrew. Uh, That was Alan Partridge. Yes! One all. Uh, Would you like another aha? Yes, please. Do you know what? uh, That that probably sounds more Clive Woodward than uh, Rob Andrew. To be honest, did you see him on? Um, yeah, but is on Sky? Any... he's upgraded from a flip chart. Has he? He's, yeah, he had a PowerPoint presentation this time. <laughs> that, so you're right and you're wrong there, Tim, because it does sound very Clive Woodward. But is there any action that Rob Andrew wouldn't take credit for? Uh, not many. Yeah, so it could be either. Uh, being instrumental in bringing Sam Burgess from rugby league because <laughs> he was doing one thing. He's uh, Washing his hands off completely. Yeah. Stroke, stroke of genius before he played. Yeah. Anything positive, he's attached to it. Anything negative, mm. he, he didn't agree with it. So come on, next one. Next one. Well, this is a surprise, I say, shaking his hand warmly. It's not a surprise. I knew he'd be here. After a bit of digging, I managed to get my hand on his client list and discovered that he represented Mr. X. Oh, my God. I, I genuinely, genuinely can't tell. <laughs> so my turn to go first yeah uh, Rob Andrew the other one <laughs> Tim says Rob Andrew 
It's incorrect. This was Alan Partridge on his clandestine approach to Harvey Kennedy when attempting to nail a TV deal for Footsteps of My Father. Outstanding. Outstanding. So, 2-1 to JB. Is it? Yeah. I don't think I'd got, I've got any right Oh, yet. by the way, when I was putting together our, our entry, which got us nominated for uh, an an award at the um at the recent audio and radio industry awards oh yeah the one where we didn't cover enough tragedies yes yeah we didn't quite yeah. cover enough tragedy tragedies to actually get to actually win it well mm. i guess uh, springbok or nazi war criminal covered a, a pretty yeah, big why tra- didn't we tragedy get, yeah that was pretty, the holocaust is that's yeah. pretty heavy stuff well, if you if we'd have cried if we'd have had a little breakdown in the middle and cried yeah. and then carried on with the game we would have won but actually right on that nazi uh, springbok v nazi war criminal you got it wrong, right? So you, <laughs> I actually won that. I got it right, and you gave the point to Phil. <laughs> hey, we're mates, aren't we? F- favoritism. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you are two one up. <laughs> okay, next question. I often found it difficult to sway opinion, a bit like the rival factions in 1980s track and field, when you were either a Sebastian Coite or a Steve Ovet ist. Oh goodness me. Rob Andrew. That's got to be Partridge. He's always on about. He's always on about Sebastian Co. Partridge. Partridge is incorrect. What? That was indeed. <laughs> Rob Andrew. Streaking away with it. Rob Andrew describing the divided public opinion as to who played <laughs> number ten for England in the late nineties and uh, late eighties and early nineties. Him or Stuart Barnes. Was it really that much of a controversy? <laughs> I, don't I mean, I don't know. I wasn't really into rugby then. Uh, I'll do. I've got. There's loads of these. I'll do one final one. Okay. Uh, it is three two to JB, but one final one. There are some who who say I had the chance to rescue my reputation and I blew it. And yes, there is some merit in that argument. I feel I struck a genuine chord with the public by tearing off a strip of the bully boy tactics of Mister X, and for a few days I was something of a folk hero. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I I don't. I don't. Rob Andrew. I don't know. Partridge. I love that it's so hard to tell. <laughs> that was indeed Alan Partridge discussing his decision to broadcast live with Pat Farrell, who had taken staff of, of Gordale Media hostage. Wow. Uh, well, There you go. Good luck, Sussex uh, Cricket. or Yes, yeah, Sussex Cricket is where he is now. What was that? Oh, just partridge music. I oh, right. Singing. Thought it was my computer. <laughs> oh, I picked the wrong song. Uh, it was going to be a Paul Simon one. The one that goes... But I can't remember what that's called now. I've got the wrong song. Doesn't matter. Great game. Paul Great Tebbit. banter. Well done. Adam, Adam, Adam Tebbit. Adam Tebbit. Tebbit. That's, a real, that's a real thought there. <laughs> it's very, very the good. Is not gone unnoticed, and if you have a game that you you uh, send that man a tie, suggest yeah, yeah, you've got a, got yourself a tie, fella. Well done, Come Adam. Yeah, get Actually, in touch. No, 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 you've got a t-shirt. <laughs> okay, Wales, right. Wales, Let's do it. In fact, here, just very briefly before we get into Wales, here's an advert. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. That was an advert. That was very good as well. I like, I like that one. Yeah, I really like that interlude. Really That's like one that. of my favourites. That. That was uh, it's right up there. Top ten. Top ten all-time interlude. Mm. <laughs> it is like almost the Tommy Bow of adverts. That one. Almost. Almost. It's true. in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> is. <laughs> Oh, right. Wales. Wales. Where do we start with Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start with your sort of overall sense of good, bad on that spectrum because I, I, I'm a little unsure how to feel and a lot of people are swaying me in different directions with the way they've written about it since and talked about it since. I, I can't quite work out whether that is a big positive for Wales or... Well, it's nothing to worry about, okay, because they're in a, what, best of 27 series with <laughs> Australia. <laughs> so, yeah, this is not, this is 12 consecutive distri- defeats to Australia. But we know what's going to happen next, right? So, 13 consecutive wins. Yeah, so not really bothered about winning the, uh, winning the entire series. <laughs> um, okay, so they did quite well. I, I mean, I'm not joking when I say three of the Wales pack might not start for sale. So, Ball, Francis, Navidi probably wouldn't start for sale. That's a worry. And Owen well, Williams, gone. You, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering why you picked sale. <laughs> just because I was thinking, like, well, just thought of a team. Bot- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bottom end Premiership team. Yeah, yeah but that, exactly. A bottom end Premiership yeah. team. Three of the pack would not have started for sale, probably. I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and, then, yet, and yet, Navidi was good. Really Navidi, so, yeah, 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 that is a that good. is a takeaway for me actually. Navidi was good. Well, it's one of the things we were talking about yesterday when we were watching the game, which is the difference the shirt makes to players. I mean, you put on an international shirt, and I think your effort level goes up another ten percent. I mean, it's not conscious because you're professional and you always try harder, but the shirt does make a difference. That's that's an interesting point actually. So if you go back to the England game and you contrast Underhill and Slade. Mm. They both played played a similar number of times. They're both both by no means established starters. Underhill, the effort of tackling and rooking is brilliant. Slade, the effort going into passing or decision making, the effort doesn't help. No, it's what comes naturally in those positions. Mm. Anyway, that's just an interesting interlude. Mm. Uh, and that leads me on to Owen Williams, who is a really nice player. Um, he's really good. I mean, I watched him quite close up when they came up to the AJ Bell. And I was impressed with him when he came on, even though they got battered by the 58 points to whatever it was. Can I make a quick quick observation very briefly? Sorry, yeah, I didn't, didn't mean to stop you in tracks. But you, uh, last week, you proactively swerved away from any mentions of sale. This week, you've just sprinkled a couple <laughs> in. Are we, are we it's more creeping than a back? You feel like, it, feels so like you're, it feels like you're... This is like the seven stages of grief. It feels like you're working <laughs> through. <laughs> working through well, your take back. Me back. Uh, well, I've got some sell, sell news later, actually. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Owen, sorry, Owen Williams. Williams. Owen Williams. Yeah, I think he did all right. So I think he, he did some stuff very well. What he didn't do well enough was get enough ball, enough attacking ball to 
the likes of Liam Williams and Jonathan Davis. So I, I, mm. I agree with you. I think he did. And everything he did was positive. Yeah. But you didn't get, and maybe that's not his fault. Maybe it's more the pack weren't winning enough clean ball um, and giving him enough opportunities to do it. And perhaps they kicked away a bit too much. But I wanted the... I wanted, every time Jonathan Davies got his handle on the ball, he looked dangerous. Every time Liam Williams got front football, he looked dangerous. But th- that didn't happen quite enough. Yes, a- agreed. Um, and when you get Tulipe Falatau in the outside channels. Oh, how good is he, by the way? Well, I mean, yeah, I, uncharac- this is really... uncharacteristic fumbles and stuff. Yes, just to balance that up. He is obviously amazing. He's just so good. He's so, so good. So there's some in-depth analysis for you. <laughs> I thought Steph Evans was really effective. Yeah. Oh, the... yeah. More ball in Steph Evans' hands. Yeah. But all the chat about him not being big enough, I just thought he was brilliant. I... That was odd. Oh, yeah. There was some... Yeah, talk about this. There was some odd commentary all in this weekend. John, John Inverdale's question. John Inverdale's question is, how does someone who's only 14 stone possibly stop someone who's 17 stone? Don't know, John. Never happened. Never, never happened in the history history of the world ever. What? <laughs> Who did he ask it to? Was it? Well, but by that logic, if Uini Antonio is playing a game <laughs> against England, he's just going to run through everyone because no one's within three stone. We're going to have to get the who's, the, the, who's that world's strongest man guy? Uh, Magnus Var Jag- Magnusson, or whatever. Eddie, his name Eddie Hall playing. Eddie Hall, yeah, playing right? He's picking for England because he's nobody th- can. He's, how, yeah, he's thirty stone. No a, one can tackle him. How does a man of twenty-five stone tackle a man of twenty-seven stone? <laughs> I don't know, John. I don't know. <laughs> has John Inverdale just been playing Joan Lomu rugby and thinking it's real life? <laughs> but uh, I think that he asked that to Sam Warburton, who was baffled. By <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you, you wrap your arms, a ring of steel, uh, <laughs> I don't, that, you know. lasso. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Um, yeah, no, Sam, no. Sam Warburton, by the way, is a, I like him as a pundit. I, I love, right? I love. Yeah, I agree with that. He's much in the same way Johnny Wilkinson when he goes. I quite like Johnny Wilkinson. It's like you you wouldn't want them to do anything other than just talk about rugby and break yeah. down the analysis. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They're, they're so fanatical about it. They love it so much that they're brilliant. Paul, I, I, o, Paul I, O'Connell's amazing. He sounds like he's talking at half speed. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he sounds like he's taking a, a tranquilizer dart. From, um, and he's, <laughs> but what he says is brilliant. Yeah. Do we agree Sam Warburton is one of the finest international captains last 10 years, since Martin Johnson? I, I'm actually with you on that. Yeah. I, so I, I, I didn't think that for a long time. And I was... Particularly in 2013, I was so sceptical of a 23-year-old or 24-year-old, whatever he was at that time, being picked to captain that tour, particularly when Bod was there, O'Driscoll was there. There were so many experienced older heads. Uh, I think he's right. brilliant. So let me give you a, set, a, a follow-up question, which I want to know your opinion on. Well, I would just say my answer to that question but, is absolutely yes, but he could only be uh, an international captain in the... Professional, professional era, professional era. Yeah. because I don't think he he wouldn't be. I think a captain in the amateur era has to have all of the things that they have and be able to have a three day bender ah. immediately before playing a test match. Exactly. <laughs> well, you kind of onto what I was going to say next, which is even though he's one of the best international captains, is he one of the best players in the, in the last ten years? Like, say another top five scenario. And the reason I say this is. Do you think it's going to be a little bit of a black mark against his name that he's never done anything at club level? Like, literally nothing of any substance whatsoever? Uh, No. Really? World Cups and Lions Tours. Do you Um, think that's all that matters? 
Not so, all that matters, no. So uh, the reason I say this is if you think about the real greats, so and he is internationally definitely one of them, but Martin Johnson kind of feathers his nest a little bit with Heineken Cups, premierships, so yeah. does Alonso Delalio, so does Paul O'Connell. Phil so Vickery. Does, yeah, so does um, Brian O'Driscoll. So I'm wondering if the tail end of Warburton's career is going to be hunting down club success rather than international success. No, it'll be wrapping. It'll be sticking with Wales, so he can just play a handful of games and play for Wales. I think he's missing a trick, you know. So, I think I think that's probably what he will do. I think he will get to World Cup 2023 by <clears throat> playing at Cardiff, or sorry, not playing at Cardiff, but being on the payroll of Cardiff, yeah. so he can professionally train. Um, I think he might, re- when he gets to 40, regret that yeah, not I- having a crack at going to Saracens or going to Toulon or Clermont or somewhere. The Lions tours are great. The Six Six Nations stuff is great. It's unlikely he's winning a World Cup. So the other thing you're going to want is success at club level. Even if it's Pro 14 success, that, that, that'd be something. That, it's not, that's not, not going to happen. So Heineken Cup with Saracens, take a pay cut? Or, or, or not take a pay cut. I mean, take an official pay cut. That'd oh, be... sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <coughs> you don't get paid in other ways. Yeah. Like, how else would how, how would you get paid there? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I don't know. No. Don't, I, no one knows. I'm, I, um, <laughs> but, uh, but Saracens would be a good club because they seem to, well, they they would have enough players that they could. They they seem to wrap their players yeah. in Cornwall yeah. a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Definitely. Deep squad, isn't it? Through um, the pay structure they employ. <laughs> All those accountants. Yeah. So yeah. So back to the game. Right. So I've got a big, big negative. Go yeah. for it. Warren Gatland. Oh, why? Let me qualify this. What is Warren Gatland? This is a. This is something I've talked about before. What is Warren Gatland's problem with replacements? So last year, well, he does not bring them on. He brought them on way too late, where they could have no big material effect on the game, and. It, it, the impact that they have, like the way Eddie Jones uses them between 50 and 60, 65 minutes, he brought them all on in the seven, with, with set more than 70 minutes on the clock. What are you doing? And maybe so, he doesn't trust them. Well, I'm I'm looking down the replacement bench list. I think that has got a lot to do with it. So, the replacement bench, uh, Dacey, Smith, Brown, Corey Hill, Hill. Sam Cross. Lion, Corey Hill. Uh <laughs> Dave, uh, Davis, A. Davis, Alad Davis, hmm. um, Owen Watkin, and Hallam Amos. Yeah, Hallam Amos but, with the try. But those players with a hundred percent in the tank versus some of the guys they could replace. I don't know. Yeah, just he, wait, so, he, he seems to. But he's this is not just today, and he's done this in the past with with other with other replacements and stuff. He's he, he waits until the game has already slipped away before he makes a handful of changes. So can I just say I have I did an interview once with Phil Davis and I'm not saying this is the case far, far from it but it's interesting what he said he said at, at, at Namibia they have a system right of green amber red so green is you can play a whole 80 at, at international level red uh, sorry amber is you know, you've got maybe 40 good minutes and then red is you know less, less than that in emergencies and I wonder if when Gatlin looks through his list he goes right I've got all my green numbers on and I've just got these guys and that's the only the only thing that I can do is if I absolutely have to at the end of the game, I can bring them on. But they're yeah. not going to beat Australia. 
That it is not a good bench. That it's <laughs> it's a it's a downright awful bench in all honesty for they, an international bench. Yeah. They did exactly uh, what did I predict: ten points or fifteen point loss, something something like that. Like that. Ten points is eight points. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I got a bit frustrated with Wales, um, just because they. They didn't feel like they utilised the ball that they had. And they did have some ball in good positions, but even the... Uh, who scored that first try? Uh, was it Williams? No, it was Steph Evans in the corner. Yeah. Even that try, it felt like they were trying to mess it up. Mm. They were all... So it was passed from the right-hand side of the pitch to the left-hand side of the pitch. There was a brilliant bit of hands by... Was it bigger? But then after that, everyone just drifted and ate... Ate up and ate up and ate up Steph Evans' face. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that having yeah, you're right. Actually, I yeah. know exactly, exactly what you mean. I spent I spent the day today at Parky Scarlet's, the Anglo Welsh Cup Exeter V. Uh, What's it like that, down there, Tim? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a decent, good rugby ground. Good decent, feeling about it. Yeah, I mean it's kind of one of those modern grounds, but at least it's a rugby ground, not a football ground that's being used for yeah. rugby. So anyway, mm. but um, I was down there, and, and Exeter are the best at. They're the most lethal five metres out. Yeah. I think possibly at any level of rugby, Wales are quite probably the worst team from five metres out. <laughs> they're, they're terrible. Yeah. yeah. The, this was, they had a nice overlap. They had like a two-man overlap and they all they had to do was execute pass right-handed passing from one side of the pitch to the other and they almost, almost messed it up. Yeah, and... The last man to give the pass was Lee Halfpenny. I know. And you're waiting for the looped pass slightly <laughs> behind Steph Evans, like three inches behind him. But before giving that pass, he drifts yeah. like five metres towards Steph Evans just to allow the defence to get right across. He loves that. He really does. <laughs> um, oh, I want to I say a positive from this game. Yeah. yeah. Glenn Jackson. Yeah. Someone with real empathy. I loved it. I loved it. That a referee who's played the game at a top level and the mo- the moment where Gareth Davies yes. Davis tried to do that little like swing around. Oh, sir. Oh. He's lying all over the ball. Yeah. Get up and play. Yeah. 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 Get up and play. I like that. We Loved we it. said that as we were watching. Uh, Gareth Davis played very well. I like him. He gets a lot of stick for a guy who's very good. Yeah, Reese who? <laughs> mm. Well, that is actually what will happen in about 6 months time. Yeah, it really will be. Uh, so I do feel that this Welsh performance is a little bit symptomatic of where Wales are as a nation, generally. So, like the regional rugby structure is still a mess. No one knows if they're super clubs, if they're regions, what they are. You know, like you went to Scarlets today. Yes, it's Anglo-Welsh, but the crowd was terrible. The crowds have been, you know, they've they've not been good for a long, long time. Well, the, the Everything t- the about team was there was only. F- so they've got they've got twelve internationals away with Wales, mm-hmm. and someone made this point to me on on, on Twitter, and quite frankly, I don't care. No, they, they've got twelve internationals away, and so they had twenty three other guys that were involved last week in Pro Fourteen. Only four of those were involved today, so yeah. that's twelve and nineteen, thirty one players. They just didn't bother. Well, no. Okay, so so, but my point is, so they don't even care about the Anglo Welsh. Yeah, uh, we'll come on, we'll, we'll we'll come on, come, come on to that later. But it just they used Lynneth, uh, they used the uh, Lynethley Rugby Club, Landovery, and Carmarthen. That's right. Yeah, they um, players. Yeah. So, so the, like the whole thing is just a bit of a mess, and the Welsh media is so negative um, about everything. So they're basically counting down the days till one of the regions eventually goes bankrupt. It's just 
it's just like if you can compare it to the Irish system, it's an absolute mess. So that that's all I, all I want to say. I'm, I'm counting down the days till Curtly Bill make, completes his transition to flanker <laughs> with, with Johnny May. <laughs> so it's on its way, isn't it? We need one more for a for a back back row. There's got to be a, a barbarian selection committee out there somewhere with a sense of humour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That it was, was so incredible. Good. It was brilliant. Especially I, I with like... the fact that Johnny, the Johnny May thing must have been so... It went so yeah. viral. It's like a Curly, wake... Beer, Curly Beer was in England at the time. It's like a wake-up call. For it, any, look, anyone who might be doing that, just just at least watch what a flanker does. How many scrums are there in a, every game that, that Curly Beal has played and his look, whole life? And uh, so he was binding on behind the second row. Yeah. But he had his hand on the back of the prop's knee, like pushing the, the prop's knee towards the ground. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Push anywhere just on the prop, the just not on the knee, not on the back of the knee. But, uh, uh, but how, oh. Just out of interest, how do you think Wales Online are going to cover this? Five things we now know about Australia. <laughs> <laughs> things you must click now. Well, <laughs> Some real bona fide journalism going on there. Well, the, the, the bona fide journalism. And by the way, I got complimented on saying bona fide, and you've been saying bona fide. Uh, oh, is there a difference? The English, English and American. Oh, did it? If you want to do it proper English, bona fide. Yeah. Anyway. Is, um, is it Latin? Well, the Wales. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're quite right, Phil. It's Latin. Well, <laughs> well, well anyway. bona fide. Wales Online have probably got 28 different articles out now of pure click clickbait. Well, one bit of bona fide, uh, slightly one-eyed Welsh analysis was calling Curtly Beale's try a knock-on, oh. even though no. even though the TV cameras didn't sh- couldn't see the ball. There was Martin Williams was there going. Oh, it's definitely a knock on that. Look, look, knocked it on. You can't see the ball. Uh, this, the it's cam- not a knock on. There was no camera shot that showed the ball. Australia was just better. I, mean, I loved that try. Yeah, that Curly Beal rip. Sorry, was sorry, brilliant. not Curly Beal. Curly Steel. That. Oh. oh. Why is that? Oh, that was meant to be the Seinfeld base. Why is. There we go. There we go. <laughs> my my sound effects are. Uh, They're all over the really place today, Tim. Today. Uh, that steel was so good. Because Curtly Beal was already 50 metres in the other direction and Tulipe Falatau was still clearing out the rook. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah. It was it was heartbreaking. <laughs> it, was, it was basically the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Uh, and then, was, do you want to talk about Scotland? Should we move on from this one? Uh, just a, f- a couple of other things I wanted to mention with this. Uh, someone I know you spotted and liked, JB, uh, Corvetti. Rapid. Yeah. Not how you spell Rapid. his name. Thanks, Phil. What? You, you gave t- me the spelling of his name. I spelled it Coravetti Cora or Coravetti. It's, Bet- it's Betty, Betty, but spelt Vetti. <laughs> Don't blame I've, me for your... I thought Coravetti. Oh, uh, right. You're mistyping. There's, there's multiple search me. engines. Thanks, mate. There's multiple search engines. Yeah, but I've got Phil next to me. Okay. <laughs> um, the other the other things... Um, just talking about the... We're reunited again with that commentary team, Jiffy and Eddie Butler. Um, oh, G- yeah. Jiffy telling us about overlaps and g- he started giggling loads in this commentary I don't know if you noticed this he was just randomly giggling at times and um, what I like about this week was the number of times he just went danger <laughs> danger <laughs> he gets a real hard rap um, rap Jiffy I think it's a really good um, analyst actually oh I'm not, not I'm not knocking that it's just I quite like the he, he watches it and I quite appreciate this he watches he's it he's very a, passionate a bit he? like a fan yeah. yeah and he just says as if he sat in his seat in the ground he just 
It's on! It's on! Yeah. Over! <laughs> Danger! <laughs> I quite like it. <laughs> I quite like Jeff. I... I'm one of the few people who seems to not mind. I'm not saying I like him, but I don't mind Brian Moore as well. No, I'm not. I'm not buying that one. So I I rewatched the when I rewatched the England game. I had the um, it was like the extended highlights, the the hour long extended highlights, which is basically the whole game on the BBC. Mm. So it was Brian Moore. Uh, and I didn't. It, it I didn't mind like the Donald Trump of rugby, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> if you watch his Twitter, it's almost yeah. indistinguishable. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what what Lee Halfpenny says during his kick. If anyone is a is a lip reader and can work it out, because he he, oh, sort he of strikes it and then he sort of he's just before he starts his run up, he's what do you reckon it is? He That's says a... something. I don't know. Yippee ki yay! I don't know what he says, but he says something, and I I want a lip reader to tell me what it is. Hmm. Uh, and then um, just on. On, so I really liked the refereeing decisions. The fact that the the benefit of the doubt was given to the attacking sides across the board, it seemed, this weekend, which was really nice to see. I don't think that was a Hallam Amos try, but quite happy that quite happy it was given. I, I don't... But yeah, fine. Fine. By that point, it was uh, completely immaterial as well. It was. <laughs> so, are you positive, JB, overall? It sounds like you've got plenty no, of... No, not really. No. Uh, they are... About where they should be. Everyone says they should be winning X amount of games. I think I said I expect them not to win anything until Georgia. So they'll beat Georgia next week. Although that could be much tougher than they realise. Much, much tougher. Oh, that that Georgia try. Uh, and if you haven't seen the video, it, we yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh, Forty-two thousand people in that stadium. Yeah, against Canada. That, it's yeah. an example of never give up. A guy, just commando. Uh, action hero. Well, I mean, I wouldn't get, give up if I if knew Hollywood. The, if the... Hollywood did a try, that try <laughs> is what, what it would be. Yeah, it might have an explosion when he hit the advertising hoardings afterwards. But... And also, <laughs> if um, I knew that there's French top fourteen scouts in in, in the crowd, <laughs> I'm not giving up anytime soon. He was certainly committed to the game. Yeah, very committed to the game. Oh my goodness me! I've just seen a picture that I hadn't seen that uh, our friend of the pod Nick Mullins tweeted. So I'm going to turn this Ooh. round and. Um, is it of Curly Beal? Yes. Seen it. In trunks. With, uh, so, with Prince William. Oh, after the game. Yeah. Is this is this the Harvey Weinstein stuff again? Curtly <laughs> 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 Beale in some uh, in some speedos. Nice. And Prince William is is holding an Australia jersey, it looks like. But he's he's holding it in front of his crotch area. I don't know if he feels a bit insecure. Uh, wait, like is Prince ri- Williams in trunks? No no no. Prince Curly William Beale's in trunks. He's just, been uh, hand- okay. he's just been handed an Australia jersey by the look of it. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. With that with that image in your head. <laughs> so, the only game of the weekend I've not seen is Scotland. Did anyone see it? I did. I watched most of the game, actually. Um, it was... So, Scotland... If you're going to talk positives, talk Scotland's attack. If you're going to talk negatives... Scots t- talk Scotland's defence. Really, it was defence optional for Scotland. Now that perhaps is being a little bit unfair on Samoa because Samoa came out to play, and they had a very exciting backline, led by Tim Nanai Williams at ten, yeah. which yeah, was a very, a very interesting selection. But it just meant they were were going to run pretty much everything, and that's what he did, um, and and they did. And Scotland did make some mistakes. They turn over some ball, um, but they also finished off some tries beautifully. 
So there are positives to take from this for this from Scotland. Um it was there was some interesting commentary. So we spoke about some of the interesting commentary already. One of the so uh two of the interesting bits of commentary on the English guys or I say I say the English guys, the Scottish guys who have played in England or are playing in England. So Chris Harris when he came on they had oh, yeah. Yeah. they had no idea who he was, so they were just reading from the the sheet and saying what they could see. So Chris Harris comes on here, Newcastle Falklands Academy, studied architecture at university, and he uh, he appears to have a long stride, long gait. This <laughs> lad, you're just saying what you can see. Nice, good. And then uh, in the warm up, uh, in warm up pre game. Uh, Gregor Laidlaw was describing the positives of uh, Gregor Laidlaw. Gregor Laidlaw. Greg, Gregor Townsend. Greg. Greg Laidlaw. Right. Greg Laidlaw was describing the positives uh, of the strength in depth that the team has, and he said, "In years gone by, if we were down to um, our fifth choice loosehead, it would be some nobody. We'd be getting a guy out of the stands. Whereas this, in this." We're down to our fifth choice, and we've got Daryl Marfo coming in. <laughs> Poor Daryl, he, he's really taking a bit of a, ha- a bit of a hammering <laughs> over, over the autumns. He he had a good game. Yeah, well, I he, think he, actually, he genuinely had a good game. There's an article about him today, from X to scrap heap to starting for Scotland. Now, I'm not sure if that's a compliment to him or a knock on Scotland. <laughs> he he played well. He did play very well. Well, Thomas Francis has been playing for Wales as Exeter's third choice tight head. Completely agree, mate. Was Daryl Marfo at Exeter? He was yeah. Quinns, wasn't he? I thought he was Exeter. Anyway. Maybe he was. Anyway, don't know. There you go. Uh, so, so, I wanted to mention about this, but I can't remember. No, it's gone. Scotland play... It does get a little bit tougher next week. All Blacks? All Blacks. So, if they defend like they did, All Blacks will score... Well, Samoa scored 38 points. So, Samoa, who uh, lost 70-something nil to the All Blacks earlier this year. So, if Scotland defend like that, it will be a lot. They will concede a lot of points. But they might also score quite a few. Good. France, New Zealand, briefly. We watched this one. Yeah. Uh, Good game, this. Just, he, Bowden Barrett, when he can goal kick as well, we need to be really scared. Cause he, uh, not he, happening, he, he could kick this weekend. He, he could. He did. He his kicking boots on. Yeah. If only Bowden Barrett... If only... Someone like Bougelag gets Bowden Barrett and pairs him with Owen Farrell in midfield. <laughs> the world would end. Well, so Bowden Barrett was 100% uh, kicking success this weekend, including a number from the touchline. Yes. Well, that's a weird thing about him. It doesn't seem, and a lot of bad kickers seem to do this, nail it from the touchline. Yeah. It's the ones you expect them to get, they don't get. Yeah. Although he, this week, he got 100% of the kicks he did take this week. Mm. Um. This was a this was a fascinating game. So first half, it was four tries to nil to New Zealand. Uh, sorry, four tries to one to New Zealand. But New Zealand were utterly dominant. Mm. Then second half, France just exploded out of the blocks, and for thirty eight minutes of that second half, France were totally dominant, but couldn't quite get over the whitewash for the. If they'd scored another try to bring them within seven points, it would have been completely game on. Mm. But they just couldn't quite... They got so close so many times but couldn't quite get there. 
And then the classic Bowden Barrett sucker punch in the last minute. He does that so well. Intercept from five five metres from his own line and just glides in 95 metres. It's, it's the ruthlessness that New Zealand have when they are on. And the, and they, the greasy conditions, they, they did spill a lot of ball. They did make quite a lot of errors. The error count was relatively high from a lot of teams this weekend. But... um. Oh, sorry, Aaron Smith's hair is the other thing I've got to talk about. <laughs> it looks like he's um, been in Exeter for a few days. Well, really? It's terrible. So, yeah, that... you know, the Exeter barber follows us on Twitter. It's got to be a parody account, that. No, no, very serious. <laughs> and I asked him to come on for a bit of a feature, and he he won't do it until he speaks to the lads first. So, you know, there are other podcasts out it... there getting some stars. But we <laughs> we get the real big ones. Well, we might get one of the oh, yeah, yeah, real big There's ones. There's a strong possibility at some point we might get the Exeter Barber. If Dom Ar- Don Arman gives, him, so. gives well, him the nod. So, so I was, again, I was chatting to some guys from Exeter today. And so Sam Hill's got a shaved head. And mm. that was that was losing a bet. And a lot of the haircuts apparently are bet related. Really? Yes. I knew Henry Slade wouldn't have that haircut for <laughs> by, by choice. Uh, He's so such the, a handsome man with such a bad haircut. So generally, one, one of the ways they do it is as a little bit of a forfeit. I, I'm not being funny, though. What a terrible forfeit. I mean, if you're going to hide a comical hairstyle, Exeter would be the place to do it. <laughs> uh, the uh, w- One of the forfeits, apparently you get offered eyebrows or hair. And so Sam Hill picked <laughs> hair. Luke, last season, apparently, Luke Cow and Dickie ended up picking both. And so he had his hair and his uh, eyebrows. What are they betting on? God, I, I don't know. I didn't get. I didn't Pint get that level of information. But also, <laughs> I would assume this is to stop them from drinking. Yeah. But also, in terms of extra, one one brilliant thing. Again, you may not have watched the Anglo Welsh Cup on BT Sport. Absolutely fine. If you did, you would have seen a lot of it. And one thing I've really enjoyed is being able to go to the dressing rooms of the teams and. Uh, get a little bit of stuff that you don't normally get. So, oh, I do. Oh, All right. Uh, yeah, stealing some stash out of their bags when they're not looking. No, I um, I was. I hope to God nothing's gone missing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I was um... Rolex. <laughs> That's a very nice watch you're wearing, Tim. Oh, all adds up. I was in the Exeter dressing room today, and I I didn't know they did this until today, and I don't think anyone knew they did this until this was the great thing about being in the dressing room. So they have their names, even on away games, they have their names like a plaque above their peg, by their mm-hmm. peg, with their shirt and everything laid out. And um, you get your name in white text if you've got under 50 caps, bronze if you've got 50 to 100, oh, silver cool. if you've got over 100, gold if you get 150 caps or more for extra chiefs. So Phil awesome. Norman was the guy I was chatting to. He was the only one there who had gold, gold. lettering. That's so, so cool. So you could be a World Cup winner... Yeah. Superstar, turn up, you're white. You have to earn the gold name in the dressing room. That's awesome. So good. I really like it. Yeah. It's like an insight that. into how X to work. God, and they bring their pegs with them. Not the pegs, but you, there's pegs in dressing rooms, isn't there? No, no, no. Sorry. So today you're at Scarlet's, yeah? Yes. So where did the name They badge... brought the plaques with them. Got yeah. They bring the plaques every, to all the away games. Yeah. Well, they, presumably they put them up in the home, ga- home dressing rooms as well. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, in the home dressing rooms, I imagine they'd be over their little the... box. Yeah, but it's uh, done in like squad number. Yeah. That's so smart. when Dollars is playing 15, he'll slot into yeah. number 15. That's, However, that's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. That, oh, nice I like little, that. It was nice. Yeah. Um, are we talking about Anglo-Welsh now? Just the Welsh team's got absolutely humped. What was the aggregate score? English v Welsh clubs? It was uh, a lot. 174-19 was the aggregate score. Um, 
so last week in the Anglo-Welsh, I I felt really positive about it. I thought this competition knows what it is now. It's a mixture of academy lads and fringe players. Fringe players trying to get their place, and then the academy lads trying to step up to senior, the senior side. Well, that is exactly what it is. Well, yes, that's what I thought it was. The Welsh regions are simply not strong enough to support it. So the Welsh regions are not just getting lads in from, you know, their fringe like their fringe squads. They are getting lads in from like Welsh Premiership and all, and all no, over. No, I place. get that. That they they're just not they're just not strong enough. Well, for no, it. they're choosing they're choosing not to. Yeah, because they're not. I mean, like so, okay, so Exeter Scarlets today. have a Scarlets have a squad of fifty-one players. That's massive, and they only yeah. used that's four, enormous, and they only used four of them. Well, so why? Why? Yeah, big question. So that they'll have. Half a dozen plus away at internationals, probably 10, 12, 12. 12 away internationals. So that still leaves you they'll have 30, uh, 29. Let's say, or, yeah, no, let, 39. Let's say they've got another eight injured players because I saw Cubby yeah. Boy in the in the yeah. gym and a few others. So that that's 20. They've got, so 20, got... They've got 23 professional players that are, uh, are professional rostered players. So I don't understand, and they didn't, and they only used yeah, four of them. I, well, that's on them, really. Yeah, I don't. Well, exactly. Why. This is what I'm saying. So they, I, I think they do have the players. They just choose not to. And I think it's, and I think Rob Vickerman on BT Sport sort of nailed it really succinctly when he said uh, that English teams use it in the short term mm. to give game, oh, okay. to give game time to their fringe players. Yeah. And as much as everyone was going on about Exeter having a really what a great team they have. There was yeah. only nine Premiership starts in their fifteen. Is that right? From this season. From this season. That's yeah. amazing. But so that, that does have Devoto and, and Hill, who are just coming back from injury. Yeah. So I, I yeah, mean, but even in the rest of it, there's yeah. so it was it is Exeter's fringe players. It's just yeah. their squad is brilliant. It's, it's yeah. absolutely yeah. brilliant. So 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 they use it. So Premiership sides are using it in the short term to give game time to players who uh, will be involved in the first team, and the Welsh sides are using it for the long term and giving it as the first taste of rugby for 18, 19, 20 year olds. Yeah. I think it does demonstrate in a way where these teams are at because it's very clear to me that Exeter were using this as a competition to win back a, a spot in the first team. Whereas I don't think it would matter what you did in Athletic Shirt today. It just... Well, how are you going to get back in the first team if there isn't this competition? If you're... Um... Kai Horseman, or I completely agree. Or Sam Hill, completely agree. Or yeah, Devoto. Sam Hill and Devoto. So you got Slade and Witten, mm. who are both playing very well. But if you get Hill and Devoto also pushing for those places, that can only be good for Exeter. Uh, and there's Campagnaro somewhere who's obviously in long-term injured. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So I just I think the Welsh squad. I think the Welsh teams need to work out how they want to. Use this co- use this competition and maybe use it a bit better. Mm. Well, I think I think they have decided, and that's their prerogative. Mm. And it's a shame as well because but it is a shame because it's just the the, the competition. It might as well just be called yeah, the, Ang- the Anglo Cup. Yeah. So like <laughs> Bath this weekend, and that looked like a really good crowd. It, it was, like, and there was it another was. one as well. There's a couple like last week. I thought this this is brilliant. Saracens last week was yes. was fairly full. Yes, uh, that's the one, um, but. Throughout the weekend and the last weekend, a lot, a lot, um, a lot of the Premiership grounds looked fairly lively. Was the AJ Bell? Uh, how many were in there? I don't. I didn't get to see it. I was going to go, but, but you Chal- got turned away at the door. Chal- Chalkester. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, oh, right. So has anyone noticed Sailor playing in an orange kit? 
I've noticed yes. some pretty bold kits. Okay, do you want to know why they play in, in an orange kit? Because um, they love that horrific bright yellow one so much, and they wanted more neon colours, like to Close. roll, like it was the eighties, and they were having a rave. Close. <laughs> anyone else? Well, it's only you, I guess. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone else? Um, is it something to do with West Side Story? No, it's not something to do with West Side Story. Is it to do with? So is anyone? Oh, that... wait. Josh Charnley's fake tan. Simon Orange. No, it's no, it's not actually. I never even put two and two together. No, it isn't that that either. That would be pretty, <laughs> pretty vainglorious to do something like that. I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, they could, they could do. I'm sure they could do a, like a diamond uh, yeah. design as well. Oh yes, <laughs> orange diamonds. <laughs> that would be so good. So, I don't, if you, if you've seen sale re- recently, you'll notice that the away kit is that old away kit from last year. Okay. Okay. They've got a change kit for Europe. Yeah. Where the sponsor looks very nice and very prominent. It's actually with sponsor's colours. The reason they don't play in the orange kit, which was the original away kit, was because the sponsor was not happy in any way, shape or form about how the UK fast stands out against the orange. So they canned it. Really? And went back to last year's kit. <laughs> Amazing. So that's why they're still in the... They weren't meant to be in the Illuminous Yellow? No. They're meant to be in orange. And then as, there was a like, there was whispering. I was like, "Why aren't you in the orange kit?" Oh well, you know, we never were meant to be. And uh, it turns out because UK Fast didn't like the logo. Mm. Well, this goes back to our thing about um, as much as you want to have your consistent branding, actually, it does more for your brand if you are uh, sympathetically correct, Tim. sympathetic colours yep. on the jersey. Definitely, Ex- exactly right. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention is. I can confirm that Sale have offered a very large contract to a certain Joe Launchbury. Who has turned it down, apparently. Uh, is that right? Yeah, half a million quid. Yeah, which is a lot. Half a million quid I don't, as I, a non-marquee player as well. Yeah. I don't think he ever... I don't. Well, he might have considered it, but I don't think he would have considered it for long. I don't know. I mean, half a million... His agent would have loved the story being out there because it's been... Yeah. Half a million quid's a lot. A lot of cash, obviously. Yeah. Um, so is two hundred and fifty grand that you'll probably get if you are a regular England player. I don't think he needs to worry about that. I, I, I really don't, because, well, the, the Currys will be in England. He's good enough player. He's got credit in the bank, so on and so forth. Here's what I am worried about, though. Five hundred k. I mean, just take Sale out, out of the equation. We spoke about about Atoji and and Cruis. Second rows are not worth five hundred k. There's too many of them. They're too plentiful. If you if you're gonna spend that money, spend it on fly halves and scrum halves and tight head props, or very talented inside centres. Yes, who, who there are very very few of. Yeah, do not spend it on second rows. It is madness, and uh, probably a little bit of a symptom of what happens when it's the first time you've had money in a long long time. <laughs> you don't know how to spend it, and but, this is exactly what would happen. Well, this is also like a lot of people going. Clubs are going to have to cut their cloth with salary caps and increasing wages and stuff. No, what's going to happen is big name players are going to command massive wages. Yeah. And then you're going to have squads where you're going to have lots of 30, 40, 50k players putting through the meat grinder. Well, I guess have not... have that have that little blue pill and just patch yourself up and play. Yeah. Um, well... And then you wrap your major assets up. And really, really look after them financially well, and no, in every other way. I'm sure they'll look after. No, I don't mean to say they won't no, look no, after their players, but you know what I, I mean. Agree, I agree. I'm not saying they would jeopardise the players. I'm just saying that the teams that do that are going to become very unsuccessful. 
you know, there will be a natural market, you know, there'll be a market rate in which, which you play, play pay players. Teams like Exeter that do it so much better than anyone else. I mean, that Exeter team, like we keep carry on saying, isn't full of stars. A lot of the Saracens lads weren't stars before they went to Saracens. So and, you'll have more teams that are successful like that. And I love the way Exeter do it. They they do due diligence like, uh, well, you're a financial advisor, JB. They'll go. I don't do due diligence on anything, mate. But go on. But no, Exeter <laughs> do. They'll 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 have they do all of that background research. They know exactly what they're getting when they get a player yeah exactly yeah. can you imagine rob baxter scrambling for the phone when he finds out that marlon yard is available to sign? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point so yeah you're absolutely right there the due diligence is spot on right so i think and i've just been while we were doing the podcast very uh, unprofessionally i've been um just been messaging with some guys um well, with our friends from the Green and Gold podcast in Australia. Ooh. We're hoping to fix up a special England-Australia preview podcast mm-hmm. with them. So our Aussie compadres and our, and, and Half ourselves. six in the morning on Tuesday is the only time that I can do it. All right, well, we'll, we'll work on that. But So we're hopefully going to have, uh, coming your way this week, uh, an England-Australia preview podcast with the guys from the Green and Gold, uh, who are good lads, and effectively us down under. And um, and we'll probably put together some kind of other po- uh, other podcast previewing the other autumn international games. So we won't bother with that right now. Is that right with you? Is that right mm, with you? Fine by me. Absolutely. So just a quick reminder um, that we have a tier two tour coming up in March. The autumn internationals, as much as we want it to last forever, they will be gone. And then the next big international rugby to look forward to will be the Six Nations. During that period, there will also be the tier two tournament. What's it called? The Rugby Europe Euro- Championship. Yeah, Rugby Europe. Oh, um, nation, Germany International beat, Nations Cup. Germany beat beat Brazil. They did. Next week, they Spain ham- are in action them. against Canada. Ooh. One little story I didn't mention. We didn't mention last week that we should have done that. I forgot. Chile beat New Zealand in sevens. Did they? That's a huge rugby I story. I thought we did mention that. No, I don't think we did. No, I don't I think we did. To. I, I meant to. News to my ears. Oh, is it? Maybe yeah. it was on to. the rugby group that we have. Oh, I don't know. So our Facebook page, uh, Egg Chasers. Um, Facebook.com slash Egg Chasers has all the details for the Tier 2 Tour. We're going to Madrid, March 10th, 11th. Um, we're going to be out there on the Friday to the Monday. Come with your mates. Come and see our live podcast that we're doing, a rugby brunch podcast before we go and see Spain versus Germany. Uh, That's on the Sunday where there will be a, 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 one confirmed, rubber-stamped, incredible uh, little surprise yeah. that World Rugby are organising and other surprises in the works. Furthermore... Yes. The second surprise is provisionally on, and now mm. there's a third surprise, what? which means we might need to change our footwear. That that's how we change, yeah. change our footwear. Yeah. Hmm. But it, it's interesting. It is genuinely massive. That's I, mean, cr- that's- I, I couldn't. If this happens, I genuinely couldn't be more proud that, that it happened. That, that's cryptic. And the footwear thing, okay, so I guess, guess it's on the postcard. But the bottom line is we're going to be uh, boozing. We're going to be watching Six Nations rugby uh, in in a, in a quaint little authentic Spanish tapas bar called O'Neill's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and doing a live podcast. And going I think it's to... O'Neill's with a lisp on the end, mate. <laughs> O'Neill's. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and, uh, and then going to watch two of the emerging rugby nations, Spain and Germany, play in a tier two competition. Flights are still dirt cheap from all all over the UK and Ireland. So find out all the details. Come and join us. 
book your places on the live podcast and let the boys play. Let the boys play. One more thing before we go. Oh. Go on. World Rugby's try of the year. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So there's a vote on Twitter. If you go onto World Rugby, at World Rugby's uh, page, or we have retweeted it, the vote for try of the year, there's, there are four brilliant tries. Uh, Tuchelet for Argentina against England, the Sean O'Brien try after the Liam Williams break, Portia Woodman scoring for New Zealand against USA, and Georgia Scrum Half scoring a magnificent try Uh I think it's against Ireland in the under twenties uh, uh, World Cup. Um, we will vote now. Any preference on what? I think personally, I think it should be the Sean O'Brien try, just because of where it was. The context. The context is so it's a brilliant try from it's a ninety meter try, and the context makes it context makes it that extra bit more I special. Think, I think it's got to be that took a try was awesome. The Argentina one. Tuckleck try was amazing. Denny Solomona did miss two tackles in that try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for Sean O'Brien. So go on there, have a look. And you boys might actually see the winner being announced. In, oh, yes. In Monaco. Oh, God, yeah. We're going to Monaco in two weeks. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got myself some new tweed for that. I don't know if I'm going to wear it, but I've got some tweed. <laughs> you don't know if you're going to wear it. No, might, bought it new might be, tweed too, might be too hot on the south, on the med. Well, that's it. And also, you might, might have not... to go just in a white shirt with three buttons undone. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's not very med, is it? No, linen. I need a linen suit. Is it not black tie? Uh, not for us, it's not, no. We're in uh, media. We're, uh, okay. we're going to do the show, and we're, we're obviously in the non-bona fide media. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, bona fide media is in black tie. Oh yeah, I mean, we wouldn't get into sales sharks, <laughs> but we might be interviewing. We might be interviewing world player of the year. No, we will be interviewing world player of the year in Monaco. So you know, every cloud, I guess. No, um, I know where you'd rather be, Jay. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> truth be told, so do I. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to wear for this. I, I, I don't. I'm gonna, but I'm that's, that's just such a fair... I know, I know. Everyone's really worried about this. Let's put out an appeal. What should JB wear? First world problem, this. Yeah, exactly. Should he wear tweed, black tie, or what you're wearing now? Yeah, well, usually I broadcast with no shoes on, but people <laughs> go mental about that. <laughs> uh, one last thing on that is it'll be really cool if we manage to do it. We're just going to do the podcast without you, Phil. And then have people rotating in as they <laughs> as they sit down. So we will see what World Rugby come up with, but they're good eggs over there. I'm sure they'll sure they will look after us. Absolutely, bona fide media. Right, we're done. Let the bona fide boys play. Yep, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.